Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Jeff Wilson on the line. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing very well, Michael. Thank you. Great to have you on the show. So for people that aren't aware of the work you're doing, why don't you share a little bit about you and Eureka, and we'll dive into the conversation. Yeah, so Eureka is a, is a junior exploration company focused in the lithium space. It's, it's a company that uh, is relatively new. This is a company that came to listing on the Canadian Stock Exchange just really about a year and a half or so ago with a vision of identifying an opportunity for investors that we thought would have you know some real torque and, and an ability to really create a, create a company, build a company around it. We engaged with or aligned with a very well-renowned prospector in in the gold space who had a who had a concept or a thesis as it related to potential lithium exploration in in a portion of Canada that you know we felt had been a little bit overlooked. Set out, acquired the acquired the projects, raised a significant amount of money, just around seven million dollars Canadian back in June, and really sort of hit the ground running in in 2023 with a first real sort of field season boots on the ground you know getting a handle on on the projects and some initial work so you know we're sort of in the early innings here in in a process that does take some time but been a very exciting start for the company for sure yeah, and any type of mining it's not just a, okay we're going to dig there and we'll find what we're looking for it's it, even going back to you know the gold rush you know there was still you know obviously a lot less technology back then and same thing, you know, with lithium. But you know, the the fact that you brought in an expert that is is good in in minerals can you know find you know, those ways. And it, it curious too, you know, without giving away any trade secrets or anything like that, you know, the you know the the part, especially in, in northern Quebec, I believe, is you know one of the areas that you're looking at. Uh, you know, what jumped out of you was there something that information already there indicating that there you know could be some lithium available there, or was it just more of a just understanding the you know, ecosystem of, of Canada and you know, in certain parts of the country that could be able to generate something that is definitely becoming more and more in demand. Yeah, it's kind of a combination of things. You know, first of all, you know, Sean Ryan, who is the prospector who sort of came to to me with 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 the prospects and with and with the concept and, and the property locations. You know, he based that off of, you know, a number of different factors, looking at the geology of the region, looking at some of the structural controls. I won't get too technical about the geological techniques. But um, so, you know, a lot of sort of innovative thinking, I guess, on his part in terms of what might be there. But at the same time, there was also quite a bit of historical data, part of which was a government geological survey had gone into that. In fact, had done an entire survey of the entire province of Quebec. And so there was a data set, a database of known lithium readings through this survey in this northern part of Quebec that although Quebec is quite no, well known for its lithium exploration and, and deposits in sort of the southwestern part of the province, there's also a lot of activity there. So to identify something new or to find something big enough in an area that's already pretty crowded with a lot of other companies, you know, taking a look a little bit more of a helicopter view and looking a little further afield up north where a lot of those same affinities, in fact, some of the better affinities for lithium were right there in a government data set. And when I say, you know, better readings, I mean, you know, they did a they did a hundreds of thousands of surveys throughout the province. And some of the highest readings, like in the 99.9 percentile, are in areas up north that we were able to acquire. So you've got elevated lithium readings, 
concentrations of these elevated lithium readings from government surveys, and then you bring in you know some independent thinking from someone like Sean to sort of pull all of the data together and look at this through a different lens. And that's really been sort of the the the, the thesis here on on moving forward on this part of the province. It's amazing. It's great that Sean came to you and it all worked out, and you know that there was information available to you know recognize you know it's, when you were saying you know the 99.9 percent readings and things like that for some reason i had just this image of a looney tunes cartoon with arrows pointing down <laughs> at the ground going ear and you know it's it's basically what those reports are were, were telling and it's like okay congratulations on being able to secure that land to be able to you know start this process to be able to you know, do something that and get to something that is like i said really in demand because we're seeing obviously, you know, governments are pushing, you know, towards electronic vehicles. You know, they say, you know, state of California is like no new gas powered cars after I think 2035 or something like that. So, which like oh, 2035, it's like, let's, that's 11 years from now. That's, that's not a long time. So the demand is obviously increasing. You know, I, I look all around where I'm at and, you know, based out of Toronto. So, you know, I'm seeing, all kinds of EV cars popping up everywhere. I mean, every every fourth car is a Tesla. So you're you're seeing them everywhere. And, you know, there's, you know, demand obviously in North America, but in other parts of the world, you know, China, for example, you know, is like, you know, where are they in this mix on that? Because, you know, they're a huge global player in a variety of different arenas. And I'm assuming, you know, they're gonna be a big one in in this space as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's no question that, you know, what we're seeing here right now as it relates to the lithium sector or 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 industry is that, you know, you go through years, you know, decades where, you know, a commodity is not particularly in high demand or it's got a, a fairly sustained demand for a sustained set of uses. And then all of a sudden you you plug in this entirely new demand where really the world is suddenly looking at, you know, electrifying the world. And looking at, you know, obviously electric vehicles are the primary source, but really looking at anything that can hold a charge for as long as possible. And and lithium and lithium ion batteries have sort of become, you know, the the, the choice for that. And so suddenly, you know, people are saying, well, we need we need lithium. Okay, well, you know, people nobody's been really looking for it for the last 20, 30, 40 years. And so if this demand continues, you know, where is the supply going to come from? So you saw this incredible spike in the price of, of lithium over the last two or three years. It's it's settled back down again, but I think it's settled back down in a, in a mechanism that to me is optimal for, for the industries that and the end users. Because if, if a price of any commodity that is used in an end and in a product becomes too high, the manufacturers of that product will find an alternative. And so lithium, you know, sort of got, I would say, a little bit overbought in it, and it really took off. It's now sort of settled in where it's trading in a range where I think, you know, end users in, in the case that we're talking about here, you know, automakers can sort of put that into a line item in their budgeting and say, yeah, you know, we can continue to buy this commodity and, and utilize this, you know, for 10, 20, 30 years. We don't have to rejig our, our production lines. We're, we're set up to make vehicles in this manner. So, you know, we're seeing now... In order that the next step becomes okay, if this is going to be the commodity we're going to use for this technology, we need to secure it. And we've seen already through you know sort of the pandemic phase here, where supply chains can become pinched very very quickly. And so automakers are you know they're seeing this pinch from from governments and and these initiatives from governments that they've got to change 
and 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 get these electric vehicles on the roads. So, you know, they don't want to be obstructed by a lack of supply of something. So you're seeing automakers investing in the lithium space from exploration to development and mining. You're seeing automakers basically getting into the mining sector to secure the supply that they're going to need to to build these cars for the next, you know, several decades. So that's been a big driver. And as you mentioned, China, I mean, China for sure is going to be a massive driver, you know, in terms of, you know, basically any consumerism. But what we're also seeing is from a from a you know a Western world or a North American standpoint anyway, is that you know governments like Canada and the US, for example, are, you know, look, we live in a, in a strained world as it relates to trade relations. You know, gum, co- governments like Canada and the United States want to secure supply of these things and, and many other important commodities within their own borders or within at least, you know, borders of good trade relation countries. So there's been a real push to not only secure more lithium, but secure it in sound jurisdictions where there's good trade relations. And so Canada and the U.S., among a few others, have become real uh, focal points for you know governments incentivizing companies like ourselves to go out and find a number of different critical metals, including lithium. Yeah, you brought up one thing too that you know comes to mind. I'm originally from Detroit, and when I'm hearing automakers investing directly into, let's call it a part for a moment, the, an actual part of their vehicles, because usually, you know, they make the shell, the parts, but the the components, the wiring, the harnesses, all that kind of stuff, they tend to get from other suppliers. You know, the last time I can think of, you know, the auto sector doing anything like that, where they were basically investing and maybe even owning their own mining shop or owning businesses that do this type of work, would go all the way back to when Henry Ford was growing rubber and you know, making his own steel and everything else back in the day when you know Model T first came out. So, and I think you've already kind of hinted at this and mentioned it a bit, but you know the automakers are concerned because you you mentioned before you know the government mandates that are coming. They're going, how in the world are we going to be able to sell the number of cars that we need to sell in order to be profitable if we can't get certain quote unquote parts, or in this case lithium. In order to be able to do this, we saw it during the supply chain challenges during the pandemic. I've seen the aerial views of, you know, basically empty parking lots around Detroit filled with F-150s because they didn't have enough computer chips to put in them. So there's, you know, hundreds or thousands of these F-150s without a computer chip. Everything else is built. They just got to, you know, install the chip but they couldn't get them during the early days of the pandemic. So you got all these F-150s just kind of sitting there. And it's like, it, it, it brought awareness. And I think they, you know, they've caught it hopefully in time to be able to go, Hmm, this is going to be an interesting dynamic. So it's really interesting to see that the, you know, the EV makers are getting so directly involved in this. Yeah. Yeah. No, no question. And you're, and you're spot on with that. And I mean, I think, you know, you look at some of the numbers, I believe Tesla's investment into the lithium sector is, is somewhere near a billion dollars. You know, Ford has been investing, you know, somewhere close to, you know, three quarters of a billion, you know, so automakers are recognizing this pinch and they're not doing that with a lot of other commodities. I mean, there are, there are you know, there's silver, there's copper, there, there's all kinds of components in, in, in automobiles as well as other, other devices. But it seems to be lithium is one of the things they're really pushing hard to secure. And I think that speaks to the shortfall of supply versus demand. And and your point is 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 exactly right. I mean, I think about anybody I know and I'm sure you're the same. 
that's talked about or thought about buying a vehicle, a new vehicle over the course of the last couple of years. And you start hearing about these waiting lists. And especially if you're talking about EVs, electric vehicles. I mean, I've talked to people that are waiting 18 months for a car. And so if you're an auto automaker, I mean, that's just, that's just lost revenue when someone is sitting around, or even if someone is told, sure, we can sell you that 40, 50, $60,000 vehicle, but we can't take your money for another you know, year and a half. I mean, that's not good business. So absolutely, these automakers are realizing where, where the pinches are in the supply chain and where they need to secure these things. And this is, as you say, very, very unique and not something we've seen for a long, long time. And I think it's, again, it speaks to that supply demand divide that is is so concerning for this this commodity that is is so critical yeah so yeah segue back to northern quebec for a minute is there anything else up there besides lithium that is you know really you know potential for because i'm assuming in you know with with eureka you know yeah sure you're focusing on lithium but there's obviously other minerals and things like there that you can use for a variety of different service or services or purposes Anything else that you're discovering in, in that part of the country that is showing a lot of promise for Eureka now and down the road? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very mineral-rich region. In fact, it's a very mineral-rich province. I mean, Quebec is known for gold, you know, certainly for gold, silver, copper, you know, a number of different commodities. But in the region where we're working, historically, this has been, and this is another important factor of where we are. I mean, it's one thing to go off into sort of a, a new frontier where there's maybe not a lot of, of of competition like quite like there is in southern Quebec. The benefit of that is you can get big land packages. Big land packages are important in, in early stage exploration because it's a little bit like a lottery ticket. The more tickets you have, you know, the better chances you have a success. And so we like big land packages because, you know, you're 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 more likely to miss early on before he, before you hit. So to have a little bit more real estate to work with is critical. So we were able to get big pieces of ground. That's critical. But the other part of be, you know, being in a place like that is, you know, you also want to make sure that there's infrastructure. You're not so remote that there's no infrastructure that can support, you know, an eventual mining operation. So this is the part of Quebec that has a strong history for nickel mining. And so there's there's known mineral deposits in the region. Along with that known nickel mining history, you have infrastructure, you have airstrips, you have deep sea ports. And, and perhaps equally importantly, you have communities who understand that mining can be net beneficial to to everybody. And so, you know, having people who understand the benefits of mining as it relates to, you know, possible jobs and infrastructure and, and sort of a quality of life that can come from the revenue and, and, and the economy that a mine can bring to a relatively remote region, I think is important too. So, you know, this this part of Quebec there's known mineral history here. There's 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 bean mining in the region, and we're now seeing a handful of other companies. I mean, like any sort of early days of a region, one little bit of success will bring about you know more more it will attract more attention. Will likely attract more players, and we're sort of seeing that this region now is is bringing in a few more explorers like ourselves. And and there is one notable neighbor that is a company called Cobold Metals, and Cobold Metals is operating very, very near where we are. And Cobalt is a private company, but it's it's caught the attention of a lot of investors because Cobalt has gone out and raised hundreds of millions of dollars privately in the last couple of years. I think their last round of financing was about $300, $350 million US. And their focus is on critical metals. Now they're working in parts of Africa and other parts of the world, but they are working right next door to us in Northern Quebec. 
And what's interesting about this company, not only have they raised a significant amount of money privately, but you know the old saying of follow, you know, follow the money or follow the smart money. Some of the primary investors in these recent rounds of of financing with Cobalt have have included, you know, Jeff Bezos from Amazon, Bill Gates from Microsoft, Richard Branson. So you're seeing some of the smartest, wealthiest individuals on the planet supporting this initiative to go out and find critical metals in parts of northern Quebec where we are active. So what that says to me is it sort of validates our thesis, I suppose, that this is a region where there's potential and it's a place where you can do business. What it also does for for us as an exploration company is it provides a possible pathway to, you know, a possible interest from very deep pocketed individuals. So often in the exploration business, if you find a deposit, you make a discovery, you know, we, oftentimes people like myself, we're not miners, we're not mining engineers. What we do is we're, we're explorationists and we try to be you know, uh, on the forefront of finding something. And then a major company ideally comes in and says, we'll take it from here. We'll buy out your company for some enormous premium and everybody goes away profitable. You know, having someone like that next door who's mindful of the the, the demand for these metals, if we were to find something, I, I, I think you could envision the likes of those very, very wealthy individuals seeing that success and perhaps wanting to have a piece of it. So it's it's nice to have deep-pocketed neighbors when you're actively looking for new discoveries. Exactly, especially if they want to add a deck to their, their lot and that leads into yours. It's like, hmm, maybe we should just buy the lot. And like, Correct. yeah, yes, yes, you can. And uh, <laughs> let, 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 let's see how many commas you can come up with. Yeah, yeah, uh, it'll be a great thing. Well, you know what, Jeff, this has been great. I'm I'm excited for you and the team and this work because it's, you know, it's you know, we all know you know the benefits of you know what EV vehicles and you know other uses for lithium and all these minerals are for humanity. So thankful that we had this opportunity to chat. So where can people find out more about you and and the great work at Eureka? Yeah, so I mean, the easiest place, and it's it's quite a, I think, quite a balanced source of information is our website, and and our website is EurekaLithiumCorp.com. You'll find not only some information about us as a company, you know, the management team, the projects, but also some some good background information on lithium supply demand uh, dynamics there. And there's quite a bit of information on the gentleman we talked about earlier, Sean Ryan, who's sort of the the, the mastermind of you know, identifying these uh, prospective targets and sort of pulling together the the thesis on the land package. So EurekaLithiumCorp.com is the best place to find uh, all things to do with Eureka Lithium. Awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Jeff, continued success. Thank you again for your time today. Really appreciate it and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Michael. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.